0: Good morning, everyone. This is Saturday, and we are having our Bible study. Thank you for joining us. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, and we welcome you all. And our moderator today is Thomas from New York.
1: Hello, and welcome, everybody. I'll start out with our quote. Am I truly thankful for all the good that has come to me and mine. I try to let my works testify of that, but to those whom I do not meet in person, I can truly say yes, I am indeed more thankful than words can express for the glory, glorious healing that has come to me, both physical, mental, and moral. And I also convey herein, my song of gratitude to the dear leader who has, through her fidelity to truth, enabled me to touch at least the hem of Christ's garment. From BSJ, Sioux City, Iowa, in Fruitage and Science and Health, page 602.
2: Yes. Good question to ask. Beautiful.
0: Good one for the month of November and Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and it is-
3: does raise a couple of really vital points, and that is of being, being grateful and thankful. You know, the human mind is not thankful. And if we're not watchful, the, the gratitude and caution can, can diminish, but it shouldn't. And the other point it made is the gratitude for the one who brought forth this revealed truth. We can never forget her, her work, be grateful for her. If we do, then uh, we're lost because she can't be separated from her science, from the science.
4: And, and gratitude is such an act of humility, which is a starting point for anybody to stay in touch with God. So it's just it's a, it's a great act that we all need to make regularly.
5: And it's a wonderful thing to stay grateful. Is remembering, you know, the effect on the physical, mental, and moral. Remembering all that is very... Um, Important and effective, I
2: think.: Yeah, because it changes your whole being, doesn't it? The difference between gratitude and ingratitude? What does Mrs. Eddie say about ingratitude?:
6: Some total of all evil.:
2: Yeah, she says, he... Anything good to say about it..
6: <laughs> and when
5: she sees a student grateful, she knows she's safe. student is
2: yes
7: i like the song of gratitude too it gives it a joyous feeling
0: well and it instantly connects you to the father god when you're grateful you if you're feeling out of sorts or that you can't find god well it, it usually points to not being grateful you're somewhere you're lacking gratitude to God and you've had you've got to keep those I think it's Carpenter talks about keeping those fires burning and you know our our um, the the testimony meeting you know we didn't wasn't over filled with gratitude like it usually is um make sure the forum I understand was Not as many up to five now. Oh, it's up to five. Okay, well, that's today. I'll just keep your gratitude, keep the flames burning. That's what we've learned here in this church, and it's not just a matter of you know, you do it for a week or so. We do it week after week, month after month, year after decade after decade. Okay, (laughs) it's not this one little thing we do occasionally. And and honestly, it was our training, and you all should be trained the same way, because if you don't, it shows you're drifting. You might not think you are, but you are. You're drifting. Your gratitude is waning, and you're drifting, and that's not good. Just like I've told you that cartoon on our bulletin board, a man on a raft, lying back in the sun with his head on the pillow, and he's headed toward a waterfall It was gonna <laughs> <laughs> A very steep one the very steep waterfall yes only he was facing the other direction so he couldn't see what was coming so stay active in your love for god anybody else somewhere i don't remember
8: where but i i read and maybe it's in webster's i can but but gratitude is the highest um, thought. It's the it's
0: the highest type of thought that you can have is gratitude. Thank so. you. And and it's it's Laura Sargent who says, uh, you know, it is a state of being when you're in when you're in the, your right mind. It just floods through you. It's only when you're in the wrong of carnal mind, the so-called carnal mind that it's absent. But when you are in the, in your right mind, you you're just you're in a state of gratitude. It's you're one with that.
2: Well, and and really Mrs. Eddy states l- love for God and man is the true incentive in both healing and teaching. And how can you love God if you're not grateful? <laughs> to God, for what He has done done for you. So if you're lacking gratitude for God, you don't love God, and if you don't love God, you can't love your fellow man divinely, so you're lost if you're not. So th- that's a good point. Gratitude is the highest because it is the love for god and man and you can't get any higher than that but you don't want to do you don't want to come down from it if you can help it
0: and we were taught here we've mentioned this before but you always come to the wednesday meeting with a testimony whether you give it or not whether you need to give it or not maybe you won't need to give it but but if there's quiet times, or you be ready, and Mrs. Evans would say, "You a whole week has gone by, and you don't have one thing to be grateful for? Are you kidding me?"
7: <laughs> Feels really good to give a testimony. Yeah, you get really not good. It gets where you feel really
0: bad when you don't give one. Yeah. So, but but again, you don't have to do it all the time. You know, we couldn't possibly have everybody do it every week, but just come prepared. That's the purpose of the meeting. And you'll feel better about everything when you're you're praising God and thinking of how he blessed you this past week or the past year or in some instance, in some way. Always good to remember it.
3: And it's good to share it as well.
0: Well, yes, it encourages. We get all these comments about our testimony meetings and how something someone said has helped them. It doesn't have to be some big dramatic healing necessarily.
2: But you see, when you come prepared, you have filled your consciousness with gratitude. And that's worth a lot.
0: It's worth a lot. And you'll get so much more from the meeting. It was like what Tom said. He found out in our church service. We don't come to sit and get. We come to give. At first you might come to get, but then you come to give.
7: And I I save all my testimonies. And once in a while, I look back on them just to see the different things that, that I've been healed of or, or gotten through over the years it's pretty amazing because you know we just keep going on and so sometimes it is good to look back because I, I might not remember this stuff otherwise
2: thank you yeah well it is good to look back and be grateful <clears throat> for the good hey be- be- better to spend your time looking back and being grateful for the good than looking back and regretting <laughs>
0: yeah because that's really all all the history that you have is in your spiritual growth and development, so yeah it's wonderful when you save them and and then sometimes too you can you can give one again <laughs> if it hasn't been heard in a while or you can restate it in a different way because there are always many lessons you learn from one healing um, it's not always the same people that hear it it's so not just- it definitely is not. <clears throat>
3: you don't know whose heart you're going to reach we actually have quite a a large listening audience who knows who you're going to reach and even if it's a testimony you've given before maybe somebody out there is ready to
0: hear it now yes that's right maybe they didn't hear it the last time but this time they will and even
7: if they were there they might not have heard
0: well that's it some people aren't tell them about the bandwidth
7: Oh, um, on our website host, we are allotted a certain amount of bandwidth each month, which basically means if you come and you listen to, say, a 10 megabyte audio file, then that 10 megabytes counts against our bandwidth. And we had steadily been growing to the point where we were running out. And then we did run out one month, and and thankfully our host was on top of it and, and got us through so then i took everything and i moved it to all of our media files i moved over to amazon web services which just lets you you know keep running a tab for however many we we have grown and we're um we're pretty much at double now what we were when we ran out on our website so and i just think that's really amazing that so many people are listening to different things on our website that we we needed to do this, so.
0: It's like it, you know, like walls that just keep expanding and expanding.
7: And I'm also grateful because it was only a little bit before that that I even learned that that service existed. And I had learned just enough of it, just in time so that I could switch everything over. So I was really grateful (laughs) for that. But that's just the way it always works.
1: Let's get what we need.
0: Thank you. All right.
1: Well, I wanted to say that I I find this useful for going about our daily life Um, because, you know, every day there seems to be, uh, you know, pressing things of the moment, whatever that might be, right? Uh, The refrigerator's empty. I got to go to the store before I can have breakfast or something. Who knows what? Could be the smallest thing, could be the biggest thing. And uh, in reading this, it kind of helps us change our outlook. Um, because we always have these sort of pressing things of the moment, you might say. Um, And uh, we think about uh, being grateful for what we have. So it changes our outlook as we go about working on these sort of pressing things of the moment. And in a way, this is our outlook. It's very much like what uh, Mary was talking about, church, right? I mean... Uh, What I learned from uh, Christian science growing up is, uh, like, we try and become more spiritual? And when I go to church, maybe this is going to help me become even more spiritual, and life will be better for me. Um, But really, um, you have to flip that. And uh, you come to church, and you want to be supportive of everybody who's attending. In some way, whatever that might be. So now you're giving, as as Mary said, and not getting. Um, So those are my thoughts um, about how you use this to kind of um, think about your outlook as you go about your day.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And how did Jesus determine what he was going to do each day? He waited for God to send him.
8: He was always led by the Spirit to do such and such.
2: Yeah. And that's our example, isn't it? That's how Mrs. Eddie did what he did.
1: So, in our quote, uh, someone mentioned uh, about the song of gratitude. I really like that. I also like that. I was talking about being thankful in the month of Thanksgiving. Yes. So... Uh, our topic uh, this this week is uh, "Break forth in joy," and of course, we read this every single day in our lesson. Um, and our readings are from John, uh, primarily about Nicodemus. Um, and um, the first question is: uh, What does Nicodemus think of Jesus? <laughs>
8: Well, Michigan, Why would he go to
1: Jesus?
8: He had a, um, being the, a rabbi of the Sanhedrin, he did have um, a job to do, so to speak, to make sure that any people that were preaching or, you know, publicly being public, he had to make sure that they weren't a threat to um, the leaders So that was sort of his role. One of the roles that he had was to just to make sure that there wasn't anybody wasn't preaching and trying to lead the people astray. But he, if he was doing his role, so to speak, he wouldn't have had to go in the night to do it. But because he went in the night to see Mm -hmm. Jesus that's not that was not his motive for going to see him because it says in in um uh, that he knew he was a teacher come from God, so he was really going for himself just to, to ask um more of his he was more interested in his own salvation in his own soul to um because he he felt that jesus he was a he, he could see god working in him and so he wanted he wanted to ask jesus about his own personal salvation and he wasn't afraid to be seen as ignorant about Jesus' uh, words to him about, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Or no, he said, um, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus wasn't afraid to say, what well, does that mean? We go back into the mother's womb. So it, clearly, he wasn't afraid to show his ignorance because he knew that he needed to learn something from this man. And um I don't know, I never really quite thought quite that way before. Thank you. Yeah. May I add on to that too? That I felt that he loved Nicodemus loved Jesus because of what was just said. Also he defended Jesus at the Feast of the Tabernacle in front of the Pharisees. He defended Jesus in front of Pilate openly. And then he helped bury Jesus with uh joseph of Arimathea, that is an act of love those things thank you
2: yeah he recognized that jesus was a legitimate prophet at least and i like what you said at the beginning there he he, he wanted to learn something from jesus mm-hmm. he, yes, okay. Yeah, he wanted to further his own understanding of what was going on here (laughs) because he was under incredible pressure, wasn't he, from his Uh peers.
5: He admired the power that Jesus had shown. He saw him with the miracles, you know, the the lame man, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, my goodness, what is this? There's, There's some power here. He wanted to find out more, I feel, about what this man was about. He can save the world.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that was beautifully portrayed in that the the chosen Nicodemus. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He did see the works, he did acknowledge Jesus. Um there there's a and I found this on the internet and you know, we did something on Nicodemus maybe about a year ago and I I, I mm-hmm. brought out some of these things. Uh, But the name of the article, because I can't read all of it, it was a really good article called Nicodemus, Coward or Convert. It was by a Sidney R. Sandstrom. And um, one of the things he brings out about him going at night, he said that um, he adds, adds perspective to the crush in Jerusalem during Passover. In the days of Jesus, the wall portion of the city encompassed about 300 acres of houses, streets and markets and shops. And then the population was around 600,000 at the time. But this number rose between 2 million and 3 million during the Passover. And this was the time that Nicodemus spoke to Jesus. And so, in other words, it was the streets and everything were so crowded Um, during the day, he might've had to have seen him at night um, when it was, everyone was home. And it also brings out that it's well thought that he probably saw him at John's house. Um, And that's how John, the disciple John, had such an account of what went on. And um, so, and it it was interesting, he brings out um, the fact he he called Jesus Rabbi. And considering the standing of Nicodemus, um, and with the people he associated, this this was quite something. He, and he also referred to, well, my master. And it said that when he said, we know, that was what Nicodemus, when he spoke, he said, we know. Nicodemus speaks to Jesus in the first person we know. Nicodemus does not speak to Jesus simply as an individual, but as a leader of his community. Um, among the chief rulers, also many believed on. It also talks about that uh, he Jesus rebuked Nicodemus, didn't he? Okay. He said, "Here you are, you know, a rabbi and, and all of this, and you don't you don't know these things." And it brings out that at that time, Jewish tradition. It says, on one occasion, 24 persons were excommunicated for having failed to render to the rabbi the reverence due his position. Punishment was mercilessly inflicted wherever there was open violation of any one of the following rules established by the rabbis himself. Quote, if anyone opposes his rabbi, he is guilty in the same degree as if he had opposed God himself. If anyone quarrels with his rabbi, it is as if he contended with the living God. If anyone thinks evil of his rabbi, it is as if he thought evil of the eternal. So Jesus was in big trouble in a way for rebuking Nicodemus, but Nicodemus didn't take it that way because Nicodemus was thirsty for the truth. He didn't mind the rebuke. He understood that's true. He didn't understand a lot. He came with great humility. And, and he said, never man spake like this man. And that's what he said in the courts. That's what um, Shardy mentioned. He spoke up on Jesus' behalf. And that took a lot of courage. This was something that um, Gary sent me from the Barnes Notes on the Bible. Um when he was at the great council of the Sahedron, God often places one or more pious men in legislative assemblies to vindicate his honor and his law. And he often gives a man grace on such occasions, boldly to defend his cause, to put men upon their proof and to confound the proud and the domineering. We see in this case also that a man at one time timid and fearful, speaking of Nicodemus, may on other occasions be bold and fearlessly defend the truth as it was in Jesus, with Jesus. This example should lead every man entrusted with authority or office fearlessly to defend the truth of God. And when the rich and mighty are pouring contempt on Jesus and his cause, to stand forth as its fearless defender. It also mentions... This other article, the coward or convert, that these rabbis were rabbis for a long period of time. He might have actually heard Jesus when he was 12 years old. Remember?
8: Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Even then they knew that he spake with authority. Mm -hmm. So he had been watching Jesus as Karen brought out. Um, and observing him, only he had spiritual sense to observe um the truth. It also says commenting upon Nicodemus and Joseph, the time when Joseph of Arimathea were there at his getting his body at the burial. However much he held back during the life of Jesus, now or in the evening of his death, his heart was filled with a gush of compassion and remorse, and he hurried to his cross and burial with an offering, <clears throat> truly royal munificence. The faith which had once required the curtain of darkness can now venture at least into the light of, the su- of sunset and brightening finally until, until noonday confidence. Thanks to this glow of kindling sorrow and compassion in the hearts of those two noble and wealthy disciples. He who died as malefactor was buried as a king. The fine linen which Joseph had purchased was richly spread with hundreds of liters of myrrh and perfumed alloy wood, which Nic- Nicodemus had brought, and the lacerated body whose divinely human spirit was now in the calm of its Sabbath rest in the paradise of God, was thus carried to its loved and peaceful grave. And it also said that later, I mean, maybe some of you knew this, but that um, tradition says that after the resurrection, Nicodemus became a professed disciple of the Christ and received baptism from Peter and John. And the Jews then stripped him of his office beat him and drove him from Jerusalem that his kinsman Gamaliel received and sheltered him to his country house till his death and finally gave him an honorable burial near the body of St. Stephen. If he be identical with um, something of the Talmud, he outlived the fall of Jerusalem and his family were reduced from wealth to such horrible poverty that where is the bridal bread of his daughter had been covered with a dower of 12,000 denarii. She was subsequently seen endeavoring to support life by picking the grains from the order of cattle in the streets. (laughs) I don't read all those words quite well, but anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The point being, he was quite the man, Nicodemus and maybe he did did start out a little meekly but as i said it might have been for a good reason that he couldn't have come during the day it wasn't just that he was hiding by night as 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 actually we were taught here and that he became a disciple lost everything material material
2: and gained everything spiritual yes Well, it was in his heart,
5: wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he knew what was important.
1: You know, I'm so glad you said that um, about the uh, coming by night because um, I feel sometimes in the past that uh, there's been almost obsession about that. You talk about Nicodemus, and you say, oh, he came by night, right? Yeah. And then um, that's okay, right? That's what it says. He came to Jesus by night. But then... um, that absorbs so much time that uh, we don't talk about these other things like, who was Nicodemus? Why did he go see Jesus? What did he do later? Like, you know, when he defended Jesus and then when he helped with the burial of Jesus and so on and so on, we, we kind of don't really get into those things because we're obsessed over that he came by night. Anyway, that's sort of my editorial on that. But.
0: That's very true. Cool. I mean, that's how we were taught here about him oh he came by night and you know he was a pharisee or part of the sadron and you know what a coward and all that and that's as far as we ever went so that's absolutely true and that was in you know with mrs evans and our and our classes that's what i knew of him until now when we have these bible classes and we dig so much deeper into it so i thank you
7: you gotta you gotta feel for him because you know, from from pretty much infancy, he was raised to in that tradition and was learning along the way that this is the highest teaching you can get. And then he finally gets to be in the position he's in, and then Jesus just comes along and just you know, right. blows him out of the water by what he can do. And it must have just been really, really kind of rocked his world. So that's... It did rock it. And yeah. I just find that, you know, you can't... You can't fault the guy for,
0: <laughs> for uh, exactly for he from what, he, he, could what he learned. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that movie we saw, Saul Journey to Damascus, that brings that out too. I mean, he was doing what he was taught, he, he was very much thinking he was doing the right thing, and it did. It rocked his world when Stephen forgave him
6: mm-hmm.
0: after being, you know, stoned and about to die. Carol? i was going to say there was a scene in the chosen where nicodemus says to his wife what if this is wrong what if we, yeah. what, what everything we've learned isn't right he was, open to it. He, he, was. he saw there was something he, and was. he wanted to know he was, was yeah and that and that scene where jesus is looking for him to see because jesus yeah. invites him yeah. to follow him and he's looking yeah. for nicodemus and nicodemus is like hiding behind a corner and the, the, the actor who did that, the, the, the tears, that you know, that he couldn't, he didn't feel he like could follow him. It's it not to get teary now.
7: Oh, oh my time, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. no, The most so amazing scenes, yeah. yeah. He, he couldn't.
5: He was so torn, and, and Jesus could see why he's torn. Like, yes. he has all these things. He has the position. He has the wife. He has all this. And then to it all to follow him, he could see how torn he was. Yeah, uh, that time.
4: Mhm. It shows us how how you know, error or the systems, you know, even if they have defections they try to crucify those that you know, leave them and right. and they don't give up easily. They you know, so be ready for the long haul. Yeah. Thank yeah.
0: you. Thank you. I thought it was a good example of, of uh spiritual sense because he knew something was special about Jesus, but he didn't just push it off. He pursued it, and then he, at the right time, he moved on it. And I thought, we get all these uh, intuitions, and we have to do the same thing. But it was a good example. Yeah, there was something very special about Nicodemus, that he could see this.
6: Um, I didn't read a lot of this, but the Gospel of Nicodemus that we mm-hmm. came across uh, in, in reference to, uh, you know, he kind of evolved, I think, through this. And uh, it was interesting. I turned to a page where there's a thing a or having, uh, they being uh, Nicodemus and uh, Caiaphas, I guess, Anna, uh, or some of these uh, big names that have all the power invite Joseph, who also buried Jesus, to come talk to them because they can't, this is after the resurrection. And I think they're panicking. They don't understand. They're hearing these things. And you can just see the scrambling and trying to uh, interview all these disciples and people and what did you see and, what, and tell us everything and trying to understand it. But uh, the one part of it that struck me is Nicodemus is here listening to all these people talk about their experience after Jesus came rose again and one of the things that Joseph is talking about is he said you locked me away in this building you know I guess they locked him because they didn't want him to go help with Jesus see that's the impression you get and so he says you locked me in there but four angels came and Jesus came and I'm going to read a little bit of it he said Joseph answered and said you uh," well first they said to him we don't understand you know tell us about this body of Jesus that you found and and we locked you in the chamber and then we couldn't find you and we've been afraid ever since. You know, where were you? How'd you get out? We locked you in. And he said, Joseph answered, yet yeah, indeed you put me in confinement on the day of preparation till the morning. But while I was standing at prayer in the middle of the night, the house was surrounded by four angels. And I saw Jesus as the brightness of the sun and fell down upon the earth for fear. And Jesus laying hold on my hand lifted me from the ground. And the dew was then sprinkled upon me. But he, wiping my face, kissed me and said unto me, Fear not, Joseph. Look upon me, for it is I. And then I looked upon him and said, Rabboni, Elias. And he answered, No, I'm not Elias, but Jesus of Nazareth, whose body thou didst bury. And I said to him, Show me the tomb in which I laid thee. And so then Jesus takes him by the hand and takes him to the tomb, and he sees that all there is is the cloth, and he realizes uh, jesus has has risen, and he's just so they couldn't walk him in. And so I imagine, you know Nicodemus, this is probably the more powerful change for him, and that's why he ended up converting afterward is this uh, when Jesus, because even they say the disciples didn't even understand till Jesus was raised. So how would uh, Nicodemus? And so it just I think all these interviews and stuff they did afterward and hearing these stories and angels and miracles <laughs> probably just was, That was the. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was. And, and I they don't know if this is truly written by him, but I have to believe that that kind of stuff did happen afterwards. I mean, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I understand it. They're not sure how factual that is, but, but again, and sometimes people have resources maybe that we don't have to know. So, Sounds like it could have.
6: Well, we know he been. raised and we know there are angels and we know there's light and we, we know did. everybody and he was all, all different places during that time. We don't know where he went, and who he we saw. That's right.
0: <laughs> we don't.
2: So it all makes sense.
0: It yes. Does. That's what we our spiritual intuition tells us. And you know, reading and how if you if you didn't obey, obey the Sahedron. Yeah. Um all the excommunication, what does that sound like? <laughs> and and board 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 one of them uh, was yeah, part of the San Diego and they
6: were violent. I mean they were yeah it was they were soldiers. Disagree with us
0: you're excommunicated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah if you go along the party line it's okay any dis- any disagreement you're excommunicated and um,
7: Sounds like just every human organization. <laughs> well exactly I was just going
0: to say that any big human organization comes c- gets into that which is why Mrs. Eddy had these double clauses and was not her intent. She knew this.
1: So uh, on this question, what does Nicodemus think of Jesus? um, I I did have an implied question in this, so I'm not trying to make this a trick question. But if we look to the quote that we went through where BSJ uh, said that she has a or he has a song of gratitude to our dear leader. So in a sense, you know, um, I think we all took this as a given, but, um, you know, we have a song of gratitude to our dear leader, right? So um, what do I think of our dear leader, right? So then in question one, what does Nicodemus think of Jesus? Well, what do I think of Jesus? (laughs) And so, just just something to think about. So we've got, you know, what do we think of our dear leader? What do we think of uh, Jesus? Um, all here in the month of gratitude, and how that should help us break forth in joy.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you, Tom. Obedience. Mm-hmm. Yes. They yeah. Okay,
1: so we can go. Yeah. Anything else?
0: No, just good to ask ourselves
1: that question. Thank you. Well, I think we're kind of taught that in Christian science, right? right? When we read things then um, think about how what does it mean for me? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so we can learn this from Nicodemus, and we can learn this from BSJ. Um, question two. How does one enter the kingdom of God? This is kind of the substance of what was in the lesson this week. It'd be interesting to talk about
2: that. <laughs> Got to unlock the door, don't you?
8: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, what I I've been reading uh, a book um, by Newell and. Um, He's, he makes it, there's a chapter in there, that says key to the kingdom, and he makes it so clear that that the, the only way to the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God is to be the mind that is God, to, not, to, uh, to know that when we are declaring the truth, it, if it's got to be mind declaring, the only I declaring its own truth. If we think that we are praying to God or about God, then there's a separation. There's a little eye and a big eye. But to really enter the kingdom is to know that there is only one eye and that it's God declaring, mind declaring it's his own omnipotence, his own omnipresence, his own um omnipotence and this is that he says in mis- miscellaneous writings, infinite mind knows nothing beyond himself or herself. I just caught that herself when I was. So, if that's where we try to stay as much as possible in the one mind, knowing that everything that we're saying and doing is I, mind, am all. That that's the key to this. To the kingdom of heaven,
5: is, is that. I think so first we know that it's not a place somewhere that we have to enter, get get to. And the kingdom of God is the same as the kingdom of heaven. And in our book, 590, Mrs. Eddy gives us the definition of the kingdom of heaven, the reign of harmony in divine science, the realm of unerring, eternal, and omnipotent mind, the atmosphere of spirit, where soul is supreme. So how do we gain that state of thought? To me, is what is the question?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when he says uh, <laughs> water, I, I just thought he meant the first commandment, to have no other gods before me. To have nothing but what comes from God, and then go from there. That's the best I could do.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's, and where where did Jesus say the kingdom of God is?
5: Within you. Within you. Within you.
0: Uh-huh. Within you. That goes along with what Karen said, and that's what Big Nell Young says in this article: oneness. It's all within us. We don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's within us, and that's our oneness. And then the other
3: big clues... But
2: but along that line, to enter into the kingdom of God, really, is to discover who you really are.
8: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about discovering who you really are as God's image and likeness giving up all material beliefs, recognizing yourself, your spiritual selfhood as with no separation between you and your maker. Sorry go ahead.
0: okay. well and this is why the importance of the Lord's Prayer it's it's right there. If you take each sentence, it, it's thy kingdom come. And Mrs. Eddie, thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever-present. I mean, this, you want to know how to get into the kingdom of heaven? It's it's acknowledging and knowing. It's what you've all said. It's what Craig said, the first commandment. And then thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the first commandment. What is his will? We have to have that the same... (laughs) On earth as it is in heaven, his commandments, we obey them, the Sermon on the Mount, Ten Commandments. And then enable us to know, Mrs. Eddy says, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Here we are. As in heaven, so on earth enable us to know we ask god to enable us to know this truth because maybe it's hard for us to understand it enable us to know as in heaven so on earth and what is that that god is omnipotent supreme first commandment craig all all it's it's here these this uh Big clues, <laughs> right there, right in the Lord's prayer, and it go it goes on the Lord's prayer, because what does she say of the Lord's prayer? Um, only as we'll we heal anything, answers every problem. Yes, yeah, yes, and it is there. We don't have to go so many other places to find this these truths. Just take them, as I said, early in the morning, and you know when I first wake up, and then before I. I'm asleep at night. I just think about the Lord's Prayer. It's powerful. And the scientific statement of being. The answers are there. Simple, simple little, simple. And That's why Jesus says that, Seek ye first the
8: kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you.
0: Yes. You'll see
8: that everything, everything that you could possibly need or want or possibly...
0: Is always in. Yes. and Mrs. Eddie, in her book, has given us the key to the scripture. There was someone who used to write quite often on our YouTube. She was so excited about that, <laughs> she got the key to the scripture. It was such a dear thought you know oh my gosh i have the key to the scripture and i thought wow that was so wonderful that she was so enthusiastic and excited about it. i never thought of it it is exciting we have the key to the scripture for heaven's sakes how great is that in our book <laughs> the key is gary started out the key you need the key the door. <laughs> and unlocks the door to enter and it's all here <laughs> and it's all not too complicated keep it simple <laughs>
1: So I just wanted to say this uh, for this week how impressed I was with the responsive reading. I mean, I just really enjoyed reading it, and thank you for whoever wrote the lesson this week. Um, but I just said a few words from it that really stood out to me. I mean, so "Insert that, awake, awake, shake thyself from the dust," and and one place said that was kind of like. Uh, Shaking yourself from mourning. Well, um, that's kind of what we're talking about, being grateful, right? Not mourning. And then uh, at the end it says here, I will behold thy face in righteousness. So how is it that we're looking at our dear leader? How do we look at Jesus? How do we look at God? You know, I'll behold thy face in righteousness. And I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. This is an amazing response of reading.
0: That's great. Thank you. (laughs)
7: one thing i'm very grateful for christian science is refuting that old theology thought that we need to die to, to get to heaven so i'm very grateful for that
0: yes and the other i guess that goes with this whole story of nicodemus is you know that um you must be born again and that goes with the in Mrs. Eddie, miscellaneous writings, the new birth.
1: And you all should. Yeah, be. so if I may say this again, but, you know, if I am to be born again, I mean, that's the shake thyself from the dust.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Get rid right. of it. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Get rid of the rid old, the old man. 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 Thank you.
8: That's well, right. I, I think of entering the, have, the kingdom of heaven is getting rid of any uh, negative traits that you have. Like like impatience or
0: greed, whatever.
2: Yeah, and you get rid of them by replacing them with the truth, don't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Putting off the old man for the new, and that's not always an easy process. And that's why the new birth. What does it say? It goes on continually, right? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. If you want to say something, please?
3: Yes, I wanted to say something about this. You know, Jesus answered by being born again. How does that work? And I couldn't help but think of this statement from Science and Health: "The effect of this science is to stir the human mind to a change of base, on which it may yield to the harmony of the divine mind." Thank so. you. That's the new birth. Yeah. That's the new birth. So the stirring is going on and it's not something to be afraid of or to avoid, but rather to be welcomed in because this change of faith is, opens the door to the yielding to the kingdom of heaven.
5: Thank you. Yeah, comfortable or not. <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> well, and, and often, usually not. <laughs> yeah.
0: But sometimes it is and right. that's when it's harder
2: so so when you feel the discomfort of your new birthing <laughs> don't shoot the messenger but recognize mm-hmm. that this is something good happening going on
8: but you feel better afterwards
0: do
2: absolutely <laughs> yeah. you can't help it because you're opening the door to everything good everything Nothing, nothing missing.
5: It's like any chastening, isn't it? I mean, after that, you feel better. But it's yep. kind of rough <laughs> you go through it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what we talked about last week, that chastening. Whom the Father loveth, he chasteneth. So, yeah, the new birth, I know that's one of Florence's favorites, right? Study that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. and it is as as tom was saying the shaking the awakening putting off the old for the new it doesn't always come easy change of base yes very important for your your material life you've got to give it up that your your life is dependent on your body your physical body your, it's not it's dependent on god everything's dependent your vision's dependent on god your energy your strength your joy your health your everything is dependent on god not on this so-called human body which even einstein knew to be a misconception
1: okay All right, good. Thank you. Uh, So uh, our third question is, what does this mean? The wind bloweth where it listeth. Uh, So this is from John chapter 3, verse 8. And then I also included the definition of wind from science and health.
7: I found this in Lectures on Christian Science by Peter V. Ross, pages, uh, bottom of page 50, 65, sorry, quote. When we close our eyes and so far as possible, silence the voice of the material senses, we see how immeasurable and boundless man is. We see that he is not encased in a body of fixed dimensions, but that he is as free and unconfined as thought itself. Indeed, man is a thing of thought, a perfect emanation of the one perfect mind. His absolute freedom and safety are graphically suggested in Jesus' statement to Nicodemus The wind bloweth where it listeth, and heareth the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Thank you. Thank I really you. like that. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well he's making an analogy between the wind and spirit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You can't see either one of them. But just like the wind has its own propensity to move and we don't know what that we don't we can't see that power spirit moves and has power. That we can't see with our eyes or touch with our hands. You can't see it, but you can sure feel it, can't
5: yeah. you? Yeah, and we be, we become aware of the effects of it.
3: Yeah, and G-
5: the, guilt.
8: Oh, well, going. <laughs> in the case, well, guilt. <laughs> sure. I didn't mean to interrupt the game. I'm sorry, sorry.
2: Well, in the case, um, I was going to finish in the case of spirit. Mrs. Eddy discovered the science that claims that spirit is all, isn't it? Because it is God.
8: I'm on mute. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Gonna... Go ahead. That's all. I'm I'm done.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, in Gil's exposition on the entire one. It had a beautiful, I like what he said, this grace of the Spirit in regeneration, like the wind, is powerful and irresistible. It carries all before it. There is no withstanding it. It throws down Satan's strongholds, demolishes the fortifications of sin, the whole posse of hell, and the corruptions of a man's heart are not a match for it. When the Spirit works, who can let
0: I
3: like that. Yeah, Yeah. beautiful. Well, he talks about the wind, doesn't know where it's coming from or where it's going. That is, we don't. That is, we can't manipulate it to go our way. So it is with God's will. God's will will be done. But the question is, will we comply through suffering or will we comply by yielding to the harmony of spirit?
1: You know, when I I, uh, uh, was thinking about this question, uh, I was really just kind of intrigued by this verse. I don't know if I'd include it or not, but uh, what uh, made me think about including it was when I looked it up, uh, the definition of list in uh, Webster's Dictionary, and I go, wow, this is really fascinating to me. So we are looking at what uh, Mary Baker Eddy wrote, and... uh, You know, for wind, I mean, she talks about that as uh, the omnipotence of God. So the omnipotence of God bloweth where a listeth. And what does Noah Webster say about listeth? Um, It says here, you know, properly to lean or incline to be propense, hence to desire or choose. So God's omnipotence goes, or movements of God, go where God chooses. So we can sort of have a sense that uh, the wind is not random. You know, God is choosing us. And hopefully we're choosing him too.
0: Yeah, it's it's really beautiful to think of the wind. I never thought of it that way until we've had these studies and you know it does go everywhere and if you if you refuse it if you resist it i mean it can blow houses down right i mean it's, it can be gentle it's a whisper or it can be strong and mighty this was an ellicott's commentary where he talks about the baptism of the spirit is needed for all and we have that in pond and purpose this is eddie speaking of the three forms of the baptism of spirit but anyway he says now indeed coming as a fire burning in men's hearts consuming the chaff of sin while he purifies and stores up all that is true and good now coming as in a moment and arresting a man in a course of evil revealing the iniquity of sin and giving the power to reform Now coming is the gradual dawning of day upon the youthful soul who has never been holy without it. Here in a sermon or a prayer, there in the lessons of childhood, now by the example of a noble life or the lessons of history, again in the study of scripture or the truths written on the page of nature, the spirit breatheth where it willeth. We may not limit his action But by his action, must everyone be born again. So you think of the various ways it works. You know, the times, someone, many of you say, you know, just when you need something, you'll open a book up and there is a message, like a message from God, right? It's It's his presence, his spirit opening. Or it can be an example in a life or a history lesson or the many ways it will come and speak to you in order to change you from that material basis to a spiritual one. It worketh everywhere in so many instances all the time. It's a beautiful to think about it.
2: Yeah, and it works for you. You recognize it when you are seeking first the king his his kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. If you're not seeking the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness first you're not going to see <laughs> what he's doing for you
0: and and that's what's with the um, you know the Pharisees who were so willful and immovable and wouldn't see what was right before their very eyes while Nicodemus did have the eyes to see so that's why enable us to know as in heaven so on earth.
7: Justified or condemned by your words.
0: Yes. And God will um But bind the stubborn will, wound the callous breast, make self-righteousness be still, break earth's stupid rest. be ready. Lawrence? I was. Go ahead, speak, whoever that is.
9: I was just thinking about this waking up, and in the golden text, "Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead. Christ shall give thee light." And that's what Nicodemus saw—that there was something there more than what he'd been taught, and it was this glimmer that he saw. And when you wake up and you realize that this matter is. Is, is illusion and God is the real. It's like waking up, you know, you're waking up to the truth. It's like finding out that 2 plus 2 is 4 and all of a sudden all your equations are working.
0: And <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, Eureka! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
9: like, why didn't I see this before? <laughs> why yeah, because, was I so brainwashed?
0: <laughs> I That's a good example because otherwise nothing is ever working out. Because you are dealing with two plus two equals five. It's just not working. And Why is it not working? It's so frustrating. Then you get the right sense of it, and it all starts working.
3: Mm-hmm. Bruce? I'm, I'm good.
7: <laughs> well, I just want to say along those lines, uh, on Sunday after the service, my desk is near the door where uh, Sharon and Bruce do the count. And they're always so happy when they're counting lines <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it is like the mathematician and the numbers all work
7: <laughs> that
3: is a happy moment you know, we get it right, and we agree on it
0: it's
4: just
1: a happy <laughs> uh, and we should break so if I may give uh I'm sorry, there may be a little editorial here, but uh. You know, we've got a quote in here uh, you know, from Fruity, right, uh, where someone talks about their song of gratitude for our dear leader. And then uh, we've also included uh, Mary Baker Eddy's de- definition of wind, which I think really helps us understand that verse from, from the Bible, you know, wind being the uh, omnipotence and movement of God's so, spirit for government encompassing all things. So um, for this, I'm sorry, it's sort of my editorial, but for those who are, uh, you know, just learning Christian science and sometimes Christian science comes across as like all these strictures from the Boston organization, you know, just shake that off and look to what we've got here in the lesson. We've got something here from fruitage. We've got something here from the glossary. Um, but we go back to our textbook, Science and Health, you know, that's one of our pastors.
2: Uh, anyway, oh, sorry for that, but thank you.
0: No, thank you. Sure. Thank you very much.
2: Sure. And that's what Nicodemus was eventually willing to do, right? He yeah. shook off all of the wrong restrictions and limitations and bad attitude <laughs> of the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees that he was part of. And he found the kingdom of heaven.
5: Let the spirit work in his new birth.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, and before we f- finish, we want to remind everybody to oh. set your clocks back yeah. one hour tonight <laughs> so that you don't show up at the round table one hour early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Tom. Thank
4: you, you. Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.